Hello, full of Rebel Capitals. Hope you are well. So I have just made a discovery about the Federal Reserve, the banking system, and basically the entire global monetary system. And I'm going to share it with you right now. And I believe this discovery changes absolutely everything. This is a, a, a paradigm shift, to say the least. So I'm going to take you through the discovery that I made step by step. I went right over. Well, first, it started when I was thinking about the amount of bank reserves or the lack thereof that the Federal Reserve had on its balance sheet prior to 2007. So we've got to remember that in 1980, there was about $40 billion worth of bank reserves. In 2007, there was that same amount, $40 billion, Okay. Now, let's also keep in mind that M2 money supply went from 1.5 trillion in 1980 to 7.5 trillion in 2007. And supposedly, what the Fed tries to get us to believe is those bank reserves, those electronic reserves that the Fed has on their balance sheet are somehow used by the banking system. And they're not just used by the banking system, but the banking system requires them to operate. And therefore, if the banking system requires these things that only the Fed can produce, then the Fed can control the banking system. They can control lending. They can control the overnight interest rate simply by changing the amount of reserves in the system relative to outstanding M2 money supply, using that as a proxy for the demand for those bank reserves, assuming the banks used them to begin with. Now, this is not a new discovery. You guys have heard me talk about this for quite some time. But the revolution or the epiphany, uh, the revelation, not revolution, the revelation, the epiphany that I had today in going through this data is going to be crystal clear to all of you watching this video. And again, I think this completely changes everything. So let's go right over to Google. That's where I started. Because what I wanted to think through is, okay, we've got $40 billion in bank reserves. That's a, a very, very small number. But I knew that those bank reserves that you see on that Fred chart actually include vault cash, right? So why, why do we even get in a discussion about reserves? Because people always say that, oh my, it's the, the Fed's adding liquidity. The Fed's adding liquidity. The Fed's adding liquidity. And now that the banks have all this liquidity, they can go ahead and do things that they otherwise would not be able to do, right? That's the argument. Okay, well, and, and taking it a step further, what this means is the banks can now settle transactions easier than they could before. So if they create a new loan, if it stays on their balance sheet, it doesn't matter. They don't need anything for that. It's just, you've got a, a liability, a deposit liability that was just created by the loan. And then you have an offsetting asset, which is the loan itself. The problem comes when you transfer that new deposit liability to another bank, you also have to transfer an offsetting asset. And most people default to the conclusion, well, this is just dead on the Fed's balance sheet with these bank reserves. Okay, but if vault cash is a percentage of the overall reserves, there's no way the banks are settling with vault cash every single night. I, I mean, <laughs> just think about that from a standpoint of just logistics. So you really think that even in 2007, that if Bank of America owed uh, Wells Fargo 
two billion dollars at the end of the night that they'd send that over to them in a Brinks truck? Of course not. Of course not. The only reason these banks had vault cash was to satisfy customers that would come in and say, hey, I've got $10,000 in my checking account. I want to give my buddy a loan for a thousand bucks or I need to pay. I need to pay with something in cash. Therefore, take my account balance down to 9,000 and please bank, give me the green pieces of paper. Back in the old days, you could actually do that <laughs> in 2007. So the banks just have this vault cash laying around to satisfy customers. Now that vault cash, again, is part of what makes up the bank reserves, the 40 billion that we saw in 2007 that matched up against the 7.5 trillion in actual M2. So where this took me, as far as a thought process, is like, okay, well, the percentage of those reserves, that actually matters. Like how much of that 40 billion was vault cash? Now I had always assumed that it would have been a very, very small percentage. Like maybe they've got an aggregate totals 40. So I would assume they'd have, you know, 39.5 on the Fed's balance sheet that they were using for interbank transactions. Not that they needed to, but if they just wanted, you know, it was convenient for some reason, they could go ahead and access it. And then maybe 500 million in vault cash, which would equal the 40 billion total. But I was wrong. So if you go to Google, look at Fed H3 data, go to release dates. I'm going through the whole process so you guys can follow up on this uh, with this on your own if you'd like. And then I scroll down to 2007 and I just go down to January of 2007 and it's the release that was from January 25th of 2007 that shows you the actual breakdown for this month of the actual reserves. I want the breakdown of total reserves and then the amount of those reserves that were included in vault cash. So then we go down to the exact same chart, just different dates here. And we can see that January 2007, there was 44 billion worth of total bank reserves. Okay, but now we go over to vault cash and we see how much of their vault cash was used to satisfy the reserve requirements. Or said another way, how much of the vault cash that they have was used in that total number of bank reserves? Okay, so we look at January 2007. The total, just again, 44 billion. Okay, the amount of vault cash was 35 billion. So what that means, and you can see it in this column, right in the middle, the reserve balances that were actually held at the Federal Reserve or the Federal Reserve Banks, the reserves, the electronic reserves that were actually used the way we all think of them today for these interbank settlements, the amount of reserves that the Federal Reserve likes to make you believe are vitally important, crucial to not just the banking system, but the global monetary system was in fact not 44 billion in 2007, but 8 billion, 8 billion with a B to back up 7.5 trillion in US M2 money supply. Now that does not include, because the Fed would like you to believe that they or their balance sheet somehow pertains to all dollar transactions. 
even outside of the United States, right? So if the Fed is creating more bank reserves, they're not only pumping more liquidity into the U.S. economy, but they're pumping more dollar liquidity into the global economy. Okay, well, back in 2007, we can conservatively say there was probably 40, 50 trillion dollars on balance sheets in and outside of the United States. And that was backed up, not even backed up. That that was relative to 8 billion <laughs> in actual reserves that were used to settle. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options, Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So what's the punchline here? The punchline is this number might as well have been zero. Zero. The banks, th this proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt. The banks, there's no way anyone could argue the banks were actually using bank reserves. You, 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 it's, the debate is over. This is done. This is done. Anyone that thinks the banks were using reserves prior to 2007 if they weren't using them prior to 2007, why are they using them now? Answer, they're most likely not. Therefore, the Fed and their balance sheet, it doesn't matter. They're off doing their own thing and the bank's like, hey, whatever, who cares? And this proves that beyond a shadow of a doubt, like I said earlier. It's, it's not even debatable now because this number might as well have been zero. But that's not where the discovery ends. Because if we go back to all the Fed minutes prior, or not all the Fed minutes, but their summary of each year, and I've done this during times of the 1990s and the early 2000s, they've got a summary of open market operations for that year, where they sit there and tell you how they fine-tuned the banking system and interest rates, the overnight rate, by going back and forth and adding some bank reserves here and subtracting some bank reserves there and doing this and doing this, you see. And what they lead you to believe is that was even off of 40 billion, which is nothing, but that's not even the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is that was on eight, eight billion, which might as well have been zero. The Fed had to have known this. So why would they come out and act as if these open market operations mattered at all as far as to manage the interest rates to do anything when the when effectively it might as well have been zero because think about this if they would have come down and said yeah well we don't matter then the whole ruse is done the house of cards comes crashing down see the fed has had to make the market 
believe that they actually matter. They have had to make the market, they have had to pretend by doing these open market operations and telling people that this is how they're micromanaging the banking system. This is how they're micromanaging the overnight rate. It's through these open market operations. Really? Well, if that's true, why were the bank reserves basically zero? See, once you realize that, you come to the conclusion that this is all since the very beginning, been a game of smoke and mirrors. Not just smoke and mirrors. That's not the right way to say it. It's, it's been a facade or a psyop, if you will. Now, maybe in 1940, it mattered to a certain extent. They definitely have the ability to bail things out. That's for sure. But other than that, they don't even matter. I matter to banks more than the Federal Reserve does as far as their willingness to lend, as far as their liquidity. I mean, nothing could matter less than the Fed or their balance sheet or bank reserves. And if you dispute that, how do you explain the H3 data? How do you explain there were basically zero bank reserves when you look at it in the grand scheme of things at 7.5 trillion in US M2 and call it 50 trillion in global M2? How do you explain this any other way? Obviously, the answer is you can't. So now you say, okay, George, why does that matter today? Because people get fixated. Everybody, my gosh, gets fixated on the Fed adding liquidity. What are they doing with their balance sheet? Oh, my gosh. Are they doing QE? Are they doing QT? Whoa, whoa. Or what's going to happen when reverse repo goes all the way down to zero? And that means there's going to be so many more reserves going into the banking system. Or what happens when Janet Yellen draws down the TGA. And that means more reserves going into the banking system. Or what happens when Janet Yellen fills up the TGA? That's basically sucking reserves from the banking system. And therefore, liquidity is going to dry up. I mean, let's go back to repo 2019. Remember when the repo spiked? What was the name, the mainstream narrative? Or narrative? Oh, my goodness gracious. We got short on reserves. Really? How could we be short on reserves when we basically had zero prior to 2007? That's not like it was 1807. That was 2007. <laughs> so how could this, this stuff matter at all? Again, the answer is it doesn't. Therefore, if you're trying to make predictions based on liquidity, or you're pr trying to make predictions about liquidity, or you're trying to make predictions about the CPI, inflation, deflation, if you're trying to make predictions about what the stock market is going to do, the bond market, the long end of the yield curve, what interest rates are going to do, that's fine. I'm trying to do the exact same thing. But what you should not be paying attention to is what everyone does, not just pay attention to, but pretty much the only thing they pay attention to, and that's the Fed's balance sheet. It time, it, it, it's time for us collectively to stand up, and I would challenge all the other I wouldn't, I don't know if I put myself in that category, but all the other experts out there to actually think this stuff through, look at the data for heaven's sake, don't take my word on it and stand up and we should collectively just point at the emperor and say, Hey, has anyone noticed he's not wearing any clothes? All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.